Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hi, fellow nerds and viewers and listeners, uh, honorable ones. Uh, welcome to another episode of Reinventing Nerds. And I've got a really fun and special guest today named Scott Krawitz. He is the CEO of People Driven Solutions. And I'm assuming there's an ink on there because it's PDSI for short, right? And, yes. Oh, good. Okay. So what, what does he do? He provides technology advisory services through PDSI. And their signature service is called Virtual CTO, Chief Technology Officer. So if you're looking for help with that, they provide fractional technology leadership. And I want to have Scott explain what that means. First off, first question, what is fractional technology leadership? Sure, sure, Joni. Thanks, thanks again for having me on. So fractional technology leadership is really just um, us leveraging the gig economy to get companies that don't have technology leadership, the right technology leadership without having to have a full time employee in there. And then, um, you know, once we're able to support them and figure out the direction, the right roadmap, then we also can support uh, delivery of the solutions with our partner ecosystem of over 400 partners across software, security, business intelligence. Um, so think of us as like Uber or Airbnb for technology vendors. Nice. That's a nice visual there. So Thank how'd you. you get into this? I mean, what's your background, Scott? Yeah, so I've been a, been a technologist, uh, entrepreneur for about 20 years. Um, started out, my first computer was a Commodore 64. Seeing mm -hmm. this is a nerd podcast, I'll mention that. Yeah. Um, you know, my first language, coding language was, was Turbo Pascal in, uh, in high school and you know, in the summers of uh, college and my friends would work as lifeguards, I went to a staffing firm and I got a job doing like, you know, level one tech support. Um, in college, I worked in the computer lab. Um, you know, after that, I went to, I went to law school. I wanted to focus on intellectual property law, but um, decided that I'd rather be the transaction than process it. I think, you know, IP attorneys offer a great service, but I just had this this drive to go create something out of nothing. So um, from there, I worked as an IT manager in Australia. That's a, another episode, how I got there. <laughs> but, um, so I did that for a couple of years, then worked at a systems integrator um, in New York City uh, as what was called a project architect. So basically, I was able to do everything from you know, pre-sales, project management, learning a lot about different technologies at different companies. Um, from there, decided to kind of take things to the next level. So did an MBA in international management at a school called Thunderbird. Um, focused on entrepreneurship there and out of there. Um, founded my first software as a service company. It was a loan pricing engine for mortgage brokers. Uh, and we founded it right in the middle of the subprime crisis. So <laughs> yeah, <fun>. <laughs> great technology, a little lesson learned on timing. Um, but from there, I did uh, a decent amount of project management. Um, within uh, medium to large size organizations, helping them do everything from data center moves to building out software portals, business intelligence platforms, 
um, had one more startup that was a, basically it was called Bottle Joy. It was like a Pandora for wine. Um, I basically hung up the gloves on that one. And uh, this is about six years ago when I decided, look, you know, after all these lessons and uh, kind of just the direction the gig economy was going, we decided to start people-driven solutions to really help companies get the leadership they needed so they can make the right decisions and, you know, be able to actually build technology with the right resources at the right time without having to have them on a full-time basis. So yeah. long answer to a short question. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. I mean, because you could bring us through the history there. And, uh, you know, we've talked offline about the Australia uh, piece yes. there, but I also know that you have just a passion for traveling, right? I mean, mm. travel, right? That's yes. one of the things that you like to do. And mm -hmm. I would like to sort of start out with her because that's, that's one of my interests too. I have a oh, great. huge passion in travel. And one of the things, my favorite things to do is just to go and learn about people and watch people and see how they interact. And mm. that's something that helps me in my work just here in the United States. And, and I was curious how that has impacted you and your learning about people's strategies and, and your global experience. Certainly, certainly. It's a great question. I think it's it's an invaluable experience for any for any leader to have just being able to uh, explore different cultures um, and, and understand that I think that there that we all together have more similarities than there are differences, mm -hmm. but that there also are some some nuances with the way that different cultures create whether you're talking about, you know, power distance or, um, you know, perception, saving face. Uh, I think, you know, this notion of like cross-cultural agility is, is key in today's economy and especially in America, which is essentially, I mean, such a melting pot, such a, you know, great diverse set of cultures from different places. I think, you know, you ignore cultural differences at your own peril. So as, as much as people are the same, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's powerful to be able to observe folks in their home country and really understand um, really where they're coming from. You know, that's I, I'm actually, aside from the reinventing nerds, I think that's one of the most important lessons that we can be learning today and thinking about because mm. people are so focused on differences right now and it, we're divided. So pulling that mm. together and from your experience being around the world and, and noticing that, I'm sure that uh, you'll be a good role model in helping others uh, to see those similarities. I mean, even at work. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, all right. Um, one of the things that uh, you have said that you might have some opinions on would be <laughs> <laughs> like, what are some of the most critical people skills for a technologist? Mm, yeah, great question. So I've been thinking about this a little bit and a way I can frame it in a in nerd friendly parlance. So you know, I, I started life as sort of like a network engineer. So I thought of this model where we could talk about it in the context of basically transmitting a message, receiving a message and mm -hmm. processing a message. So yeah. almost like that kind of system. So I just thought we could go over it like that. So transmitting a message, you know, like um, understanding who your audience is, uh, both as far as, you know, being able to communicate in a technical and non-technical manner, right? Really understanding who you're working with. Um, I think also culturally understanding, you know, who you're working with um, and, you know, what their inherent uh, communication style might be or their biases, etc. Um, and then also, I think your tone, you know, really paying attention to, to your tone and in the delivery of the message as much as the message itself. I think, you know, also on a transmit front, perception management. 
um, understanding that, you know, perception is reality. That's, that's kind of my experience of how it works in the business world, right? So regardless of what the truth may be, regardless of, you know, whether Amazon did have an outage, right? <laughs> right. That's why it went down. It's really understanding that people may, may see things differently and that, you know, it's your job as a technology leader to, to manage that perception. And along with that, setting expectations, right? Really making sure that you're clear about what you're going to deliver. And it's always better to uh, basically under-promise and over-deliver than the converse. Um, so I, I think those are the key communication skills on the transmit side. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Can you explain okay. a little bit more about tone though? I, I'd love to hear what tone means to you and, and you know, what kind of um, challenges that you may have experienced with tone. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Great. So I think, you know, a lot of times technologists um, are, you know, may just uh, be more about communicating directly and just yeah. about getting information across mm -hmm. without understanding that, you know, that tone is imperative. For example, if you look, I think it's like in Mandarin, if you say the word like ma, for example, you know, I think ma said five different ways means five different things like mm -hmm. ma, 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 you know, and it literally mm -hmm. means like, like mother, horse, like water, <laughs> all these different things. Yeah. So like, I mean, you know, maybe it's not so much the case in English, but um, you know, it is a case in other languages. So when you're communicating, especially to folks that may speak um, languages like that, or just even directly, really understanding um, how you're being heard, you know, and, and asking for people to repeat back what they understand, you know, seeking constant feedback from, from your managers, from your peers, to really just understand how you're being heard and being, having awareness around that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then also bringing this to the... Uh... The receiving end, right? Is that where you're going to go yes. next? Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. So on the receiving end, I think it's uh, you know one of the key communication skills is listening, always listening. I think it's the key to interacting with with any other human being or even any other piece of technology, right? Making sure that the message is received, and and listening, listening for meaning, listening for empathy, uh, with empathy for meaning. So. For example, if um, a non-technical, um, you know, business owner, a non-technical, uh, say, manager comes to you and, and says something, you know, really trying to listen for, for the words in between the words, like trying to read between the lines and understand what's really being communicated instead of just taking things, um, you know, at the, at the base level. I think that can be important. Um, and, you know, I think with that, you know, you have this... Um, this middle layer of, of processing. And I think you know, emotional intelligence is just a key communication um, or a key skill for, um, for, for technology leaders. And I think that underlies everything, the transmit, the receive, and the processing. So you know, as you're transmitting, um, basically using the right filter, using the right filter of empathy and understanding how your message will be received, reframing things when they need to be reframed, and uh, similarly, you know, paying attention to what has heart and meaning when, when you listen to a business leader. So, um, you know, really just trying to get the meaning from within. Okay. So, again, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on, on something here. Using the right filter of empathy. What does that mean? It's just so juicy. I, I got to get into this. Sure, sure. Great. Well, 
you know, there's there's four uh, four universal communication values. There's this uh, cultural anthropologist named Angela Sarian who did this research back in the day, and she came up with these four, you know, basically common communication traits across all cultures around the world. So, you know, the first is to to show up and choose to be present. So, really, I think you know the first thing is just to make sure that you're here. You have to be here now. You can't be somewhere else. Like communicating with someone else, it's like a gift you're being given, like their time. It's time is the only, it's so valuable, right? So showing up, choosing to be present. And then, you know, with, with regards to this empathy, once you're sort of on and listening, you know, again, paying attention to what has um, heart and meaning to that person. So realizing that um, the, the person speaking to you or listening to you may have different values, may have different beliefs. I mean, culture is a combination of value and beliefs, right? So really trying to, um, e even if you don't know exactly what those are, at least, um, you know, trying to pay attention and try to read them and understand what has meaning for them. And the next is, you know, to be, to be open to, to outcome, not attached to it. So not trying to project your values or your beliefs on what they're saying. Um, not, under, not trying to think that you, that you have the answer while they're speaking it. Not thinking about what you're going to say next while they're speaking. Really being open to the outcome. And then, and then finally, you know, um, telling the truth without blame or judgment. Right? So being honest and being open, but doing it in a sensitive way. Um, so that's, that's what I mean by, um, listening with them. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, excellent. You know, one of the things that I think is the hardest for people today in the life that we have is being present. I mean, just showing up and, you know, turning off the technology or not letting that get in the way. I mean, I see this in personal realms, you know, people all, on social media now, when they're at an event, they're really about showing pictures of that event to people outside of that event, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, when you're in a meeting, in a business meeting, people are having texts coming in while they're in the meeting and responding to things that are going on outside of the meeting. So, you know, how does this show up for you? How do you deal with those kind of issues about being present? And, you know, how do you yeah. overcome that? Or, or do you? Or do you suffer from that yourself? Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I, I try to be mindful of it. And I think, um, you know, having an awareness of it as a start, I think you have varying levels of control of it, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, internally with our team meetings, we start each of our team meetings with uh, with five minutes of meditation. Really? So yeah, we're a virtual company, we meet once a month. And when we meet in person, we always start with meditation. So you know, people have come from different places and, you know, dropping off kids or, you know, client issues or whatever. So we always start mm -hmm. just by centering closing our eyes and we do five minutes of, of guided meditation just to really try to kind of bring you present. I find, I know it might sound a little bit uh, new agey, but, but honestly it works, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's really interesting, Scott, to bring that into the meeting because often I advise people to do that ahead of time, showing up before mm. the meeting and, and doing that, you know, wherever it is, you know, just five minutes beforehand, but actually making sure that everyone's on the same page and we're all present in the meeting together yeah, that's good. How how do people respond to that? It varies. You know, certain certain folks in the team are more open to it than others. But you mm -hmm. know, after the first couple of times, I think everybody ended up appreciating it because mm -hmm. it just it just it just calms the mind. So I think you know, with meditation as a practice, like anything else, you get to different levels over time. But even just the ability, to your point, to to turn everything off, just take a few deep breaths and kind of try to uh, you know get get to a place where you're where you're tuned in. I think is is key. Yeah, sometimes I also think about the purpose of the meeting or my purpose for being mm. there, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and you talk about the different filters that you use for empathy. Which one are you going to employ at the time or things like that? So, uh, hmm. or just emptying your, your head, I suppose, of all the distractions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, well, another thing you've mentioned to me is the digital pause. And, you know, <laughs> we're talking about all these distractions. What is a digital pause? And, you know, what do you, why is it important? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, when you were asking me for topics, I was, I was thinking about um, something that's directly related to communication skills for technology leaders. And I, I will share, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to process something that happened to me recently. Good. Um, yes, please. We, had a, we have a client who has a, uh, the, the leader of the company is, is uh, basically an engineer and a technologist. Mm -hmm. And this person is relatively new to their role. And we've done a ton just to help this, this company and this client out. And, um, I, you know, then I, I get a, a couple, an email from one of my directors saying, wow, you know, it seems like we have an issue here. There really seems to be a problem. And I, I read this email and it, it sounded like definitely uncharacteristic of this, of this leader, but it was actually a very, uh, very hurtful email and didn't sound anything like, you know, what, what we've experienced in serving them for the last, you know, couple of years. So I, I said, okay, maybe this person is just having a, having a bad day. You know, everybody gets to right. uh, hit enter when they shouldn't sometimes. I said, okay, so I left it alone. <laughs> so just let it blow over. But then like a week later, um, I, I got another one again to my director that was basically even more scathing and like bordering on like, you know, needing to take some legal action, things mm -hmm. that were completely just out of left field and untrue. And, and I said, okay, well, now I'm realizing that this is something deeper, that this person clearly just doesn't realize or understand, you, you know, what they're doing. Or, I mean, if, 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 if they do, that's, that's a real concern. So it, it kind of, uh, you know, in, in communications and coaching, you hear about this notion of the pause, right? Like waiting before you say something. So, mm -hmm. so that's where I came with this, this sort of notion of a digital pause. Because I think it's, um, you know, people, I think, might feel that there's, an exception because it's on a keyboard and it's not coming out of your mouth. But really, I mean, it can be even more hurtful or even more mm -hmm. uh, interpreted in a different way. I, I'll, I use a good example. Um, so say, for example, uh, you have the sentence, I never said you were beautiful, right? If you accent, <laughs> oh, if you gosh. accent, have you heard this one before? No, no not you, not you personally. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking like that That's can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Go on. Right. So, so yeah, just put the emphasis on a different word each time. So you go like, um, I never said you were beautiful. I never said you were beautiful. I never said you were beautiful. I never said you were beautiful, right? I, I heard this from someone once and it's, it's just amazing, right? That one sentence, five different meanings. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine, I mean, using email for, for an emotionally charged message at all, ever, just, just take it out of your repertoire. Like it's just, it's right. email should be used for information, number one. And then, and then number two, just really thinking, you know, before you send that text, before you send that email, before you make that post or that retort or that even that Facebook post, right? Like this is, this is basically memorialized for, for, for all time now, right? It's like everything is in the cloud. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't, you can't take it back, right? So really, I think, you know, having the same level of sensitivity to digital channels as you do with others, I think is key. And it's, I think it can be a real challenge for technology leaders because everybody's on Slack and everybody's on Twitter and all these sort of fast moving channels. But I, I think it's even more critical that people just kind of, um, to, let's use our model, right? That mm -hmm. a message was transmitted, it's received, and then it's, it's processed. And, you know, just give yourself like a, a brief pause before you press that button. I think, you know, that, that could be a great way to, yeah. 
save your career. Um, it's interesting. I noticed that, um, I don't know if you use Google or Gmail, you should know. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. You <laughs> this is a nerd does. podcast. I should have well, yeah. guessed. Right? <laughs> All the good nerds use Gmail, right? Um, but I don't know if you ever noticed, they have basically a delay send in right. the email there, which mm -hmm. I highly recommend. Yeah. I mean, before it was a lab and now it's fully integrated. But I mean, yeah, I always, I always use that four or five seconds. I can't tell you how many times even being mindful of saving. I think I, I wish that every digital medium had that, had that built in like the five second kits. Yeah. Oh, that's, wow. That's really good advice. So I want to hear like what happened. How did you handle the situation you just described to us? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still in the process of handling it now, but okay. you know, I mean, it, 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 if not for just, um, you know, some people I've listened to and some coaching of my own, um, I, I probably would have, you know, my gut five years ago would probably have been to try to harm this person back equally or respond yeah. via the same channels yeah. via email or right. discredit them or do something. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but I'm, I'm looking at it as an opportunity for growth. So mm -hmm. what I've done is reached out to this person and said, listen, we need to meet face to face right. because this is, this is the correct way to address this. And, um, you know, there's, there's a conflict model, right. For resolving conflict. So mm -hmm. basically I'm, you know, planning to be very clear about how um, I understood the message and to make sure that they got it right. And so this person understands the impact see if there's anything else that needs to be said mm -hmm. and let's just agree to move on but understanding that that you know this is not really an appropriate way to do this especially for the leader of a company right wow that's great i would have said pick up the phone if because sometimes the people aren't co-located but if if you can meet face to face that is the best to resolve agreed, agreed. these kind of conflicts and yes um, yeah i don't know if you have the book crucial conversations but that's one that i uh, recommend yeah. people, right to get a safe environment to have exactly and so um, yeah oh how how interesting so that you've had some I guess sort of thought processing you've had some coaching you said and that's great all leaders and myself included we all need some coaching to get to be better leaders and practice what we preach um, but going from where you were of like i probably would have just hit reply and like something even more scathing yeah. to right hey how do i handle this now it's not on email it is face to face right um, yeah now that definitely shows uh true leadership there and trying to thank you um excellent well i would love for you to give our listeners and viewers a little bit about how they can contact you and what kind of services in particular that they could expect if they wanted to reach you sure yeah you know well i mean we're always happy to have a conversation around technology and mm -hmm. um so if a company doesn't have a cto or chief technology officer and they're looking for decision support on what the right system is, if they're looking for a true strategic trusted advisor about how to use technology to, you know, increase the top line or increase the bottom line, be more efficient, you know, we're always happy to have those conversations. And we just have an amazing network of, of uh, CTOs that, are, that, that have been there, have been in the trenches and are able to provide that guidance to help companies make the best use of their resources. Um, and if for all your technology leaders that are listening, I know a lot of times people have a good network, but you know, your average technology leader might have a roadmap that's 10 miles long and maybe there's a couple of blind spots. Maybe they need a good, uh, a couple of good options for some integrators for business intelligence, or maybe they were just hacked and they, they don't know the right security company to turn to. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, no, no shame in reaching out and we're happy to, uh, 
you know, connect the dots for those folks as well. And, and then finally, we do actually uh, offer a, uh, we have a retained search offering as well. So if anybody out there is looking for director, VP, or C-suite technology leadership, you know, we're able, again, just to leverage our network and help find the right fit to move the company to the next level. Oh, yeah, and as far as contact details, yes, um, <laughs> sure. be nice, right? Um, sure, you can reach me at, uh, I'll give you my personal email, it's scott, S-C-O-T-T, at peopledriven.co, so scott at peopledriven.co as opposed to com, uh, or you can just call us up at uh, 619-908-1407, happy to chat. Excellent, yeah, and those uh, pieces of information will be in the show notes, so that if you didn't catch them all, uh, you don't have to hit rewind. You can just get on reinventingnerds.com and we'll have all of Scott's info there. Um, oh, cool. So this has been really interesting and I really appreciate you sharing some of the lessons that I learned. I mean, I just loved your, your model there because my original nerd career was electrical engineer and I was in data communications. So when you talk about this model of transmit, receive and process, I'm like, okay, I got it. I even know the tips, you know, <laughs> whatever. Nice. Uh, to nice. Do that. And, and I know that will resonate with a lot of technical people who are, are Excellent. So I really appreciate Great. that. And uh, yeah, talking about your experiences. Thank you so much for doing that. Perfect. Perfect. Can I give just two more quick shout outs? Yes, please. Okay, great. So first, first, I'm on the board of this organization called NFAR. It's a National Foundation for Autism Research. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a technology training program that trains um, folks on the autism spectrum to be software quality assurance testers. So um, on two fronts, number one, if there's anybody out there uh, that, that's, that knows someone that might benefit from this program, that would be great. And also, if there's anyone that's running any kind of software development operation, um, these folks are just amazing testers, and we're always looking for projects where we can uh, employ their skills. And then in addition, if anybody's looking for um, sort of more of like an executive forum experience for technology leaders, I can't say enough good things about seven CTOs. Uh, it's a group of groups of seven CTOs that meet monthly and talk about topics like uh, like we're talking about. And uh, I think they're really doing a lot to help evolve, um, you know, nerds into into leaders. So, I, yeah, just um, feel free to reach out to them as well. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks. Right. This is really nice. I appreciate that as well, giving an opportunity for for people on the autism uh, spectrum to get involved and also to support them as well. So, um, okay, well, Scott, this has been great. Thank you very much for being a guest. Thank you for having me, Joni. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm just gonna tell our listeners, we're at reinventingnerds.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, on YouTube, and also you can join us on Facebook or LinkedIn on the Reinventing Nerds group. So. Thanks a lot for coming and join us next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.